listening to the official podcast of Church Untitled, located in downtown Vancouver. We are a community set apart to bear His name, in our city, for His glory. We hope that you're blessed and enriched by this message. I got six pages up here. You ready? <laughs> um, I've learned to catch God's heart in the area of social justice and his deep desire for our city, our world, our nation, our families to be impacted, to know and experience his kingdom of heaven here on earth. And so I'm going to start by reading Isaiah 61. We're in a a, uh, collection of talks right now on the Holy Spirit, and you're going to see exactly what Holy Spirit wants to do in and through you as an individual after today. So let's read Isaiah 61, verses 1 to 3. It'll be up on the screen. It says, The Spirit of the Lord God is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Isaiah 61 was written by King Hezekiah years before Jesus came on to earth, years before he ascended and gave us Holy Spirit. But it's important to note that God's heart, and you can catch it in these verses, his heart has always been postured to love his people, postured to love creation. From the beginning of time, God has had a mission to have us, his children, understand his heart for the world. How many of you believe that you're a child of God? Because that's where it needs to start. I'm included in that. You're included in that. Our neighbors are included in that. And so I'm a mom and I'd like to share with you our goal for today. It's kind of how we talk with Aiden. Aiden, this is what we're going to achieve. So this is what we're going to achieve today, this morning, very simply and gently. I'm a soft-spoken person at times, but I know and I'm confident that I've got the authority of heaven at my back this morning. And I'm here to remind and prompt us, church family, of God's heart, which is full of love and justice for his creation, and to share how we're going to walk that out in our everyday lives, because that's where it needs to hit. And this talk, this preach may not be warm and fuzzy. It's not actually um, a common or like a trending topic sometimes in church at first glance at least, but it's a necessary one. And we as a church family need to know it because our city is desperate for it. Our families are desperate for it. Our schools are desperate for it. 
our adoption system is desperate for us to know who we belong to. Can we pray? Let's close our eyes. God, I pray in this moment that our hearts, our ears would be just so open. Remove every distraction right now, Holy Spirit. I pray, God, that we would catch the wind words that are being spoken over us and into us. I pray that I would accurately deliver this message that you so desperately care about. And I thank you, God, for the privilege that you have given us as your children to partner with you, to show the world in which we live your love, your heart. Thank you for calling us into that. In your name we pray, amen. Okay, you guys. I've had a constant question and somewhat like a previous frustration of mine. Pastor Ryan knows this very well. How do you get a follower of Jesus? So I'm talking to us who believe in him, who know we're children of God. How do we get us to care about social justice in a way that actually affects our everyday life and not just like a, you know, event thing? It's been a frustration of mine. And this is what I've resolved. Like, I feel like it should come so naturally that we would live our lives in a way that would support the vision that King Hezekiah in Isaiah 61 talks about, the one that God had given him, that it would come so naturally that the Spirit of God is on me, so this is what I need to do. And I've, I've wrestled with that, actually, in the past. Why don't we get that? Not that, like, I'm bragging about myself and saying, oh, I, I got it. But I'm like, if, I mean, if we truly know what God's done in our lives, why would it not stir something in us to bring that to the world around us? And here's what I've resolved after spending actually countless weeks and months with God on this topic. We all carry an innate desire and also the potential needed within our spirit, the one that God's given us, to live our lives in a way that does care about humanity, to express God's heart in our everyday that does bring such visible change to this world. It actually exists on the inside. But what happens is that most of the time, those desires for us to actually do good, for us to actually be the hands and feet of Jesus, they're suppressed. They're buried deep down inside, inside fear and worry, inside what history has shown us in our city. Sometimes apathy, a lack of interest or concern. But those desires are in there. So it's not like we need to conjure something up. God's already placed it on the inside of us if you believe who he is. And so I just want to take a few moments to share my story because through the chats that I've had with you, a lot of questions come up sometimes like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you just care about this so much. And you know, the way you live your life, it's exemplary. I'm here to tell you that it hasn't always been the case. And yeah, shocker, <laughs> but it hasn't always been the case. And it's actually been me resisting God wanting to achieve something and flow through me in a way. And it's been, even though we've done Walk for Freedom and a bunch of stuff, it's been just recently that I've tapped into what he actually wants to do through me. And I'm so fired up 
that you need to catch this this morning. And so my story is this. And I've taken a lot of notes because I don't want to miss anything. So if I look down, just bear with me. But about eight years ago, I took um, my baby sister, Deb, she's my sister if you didn't know, um, to Hillsong Conference in Sydney, Australia when we left her for college. But I was there for Hillsong Conference for the first time. And a woman named Christine Kane spoke in a master class. It's just one of those little daytime sessions. And she spoke about human trafficking, about modern day slavery, and a list of all the related issues that go alongside that. And I ended up in that session, not even like planning to be there. It was actually one of those sessions where um, my sister-in-law and my sister, they had other things going on and I was alone. So I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? And I show up to this master class, and we all know that God obviously knew what he was doing in that moment and what he was going to do in me in that moment. So I heard, I heard Christine speak. And my heart broke in a way that I have never experienced before. This was eight years ago. And I wanted to take everything that I had heard, because I heard about the global reality of what's happening. And I didn't know it existed in our generation. Like, I, I thought we had dealt with some of this stuff, but no, we haven't. And I wanted to come back home and just bring everything that God had stirred in my heart and I caught a glimpse of what really mattered to God and what he really wanted our church and his church, actually, his bride to step into, everything that Isaiah 61 talks about. So I came home and went about my usual life. I didn't really know how to apply it, actually. After leaving Australia, I was kind of overwhelmed because I had all of this stuff in me, and I knew, like, it's almost like I caught the burden in a healthy way, but then I didn't know what to do with it. So like most of us do with what God shares or what he deposits in us, the dreams, the visions, the ideas, all the creativity for all the different areas that we care about, because it's already in us. Like if there's an itch that you have for something, if there's something that frustrates you, it's most likely that God has given you something to do about it, to bring change. And so I had that in myself, but I did what most of us sometimes do. I forgot about it and I shelved it away and went on with my life. But God doesn't forget. And he continued to pursue me. Little by little, he continued to pursue me. And I'm here to tell you that he's continuing to pursue you, even if you've forgotten those things. Like he actually cares about those issues that you care about, and he's chosen you to step into it. And so almost two years after that day, when I sat under Christine Kane's voice, I was in school studying HR, and I was asked to do a public speaking little presentation just to kind of get us, you know, comfortable with being able to do presentations in the office and stuff like that. And so I went out on a limb and I decided to do a talk. It was supposed to be a persuasive talk. So you're trying to convince somebody to do something. And so what I did was I'm like, okay, I'll just use this uh, opportunity to talk about A21 and human trafficking um, and talk about maybe what it's like in Vancouver. And so even in that, like, it's crazy how sometimes we go about our life, like, just, you know, tipping our toes 
into what God wants us to do, but not fully immersing ourselves. And so this was me like tipping my toes into it, doing some research about what it's like here in Vancouver with the issue. And I actually, through that process, was like, wow, this stuff happens here. Like a lot, a lot, a lot. And so I decided to talk about it. But what really affected me was the response that I got from my classmates and the teachers that were there. Like, I was stunned. There was not a dry eye in that room. There was so much shock and confusion, actually, as well, um, in these people that I don't actually think anybody in, in my class was a Christian or a believer, but they were just so gripped by the fact that this existed and there was an organization that cared about it. And I actually put up in that presentation a video of Christine speaking. I had no idea who this woman was. But they caught wind of what is possible. And they were so desperate to see change in our city. Like the questions that came after this presentation, which was like a stupid class assignment, really. But God will use anything and everything if you allow him to. And that's what happened. And in that moment, in those like few hours, God just flooded me back with what happened in that conference, in that room when he stirred my heart. And I knew because of my friends that were in that room here locally, I knew that I couldn't just stay quiet about it anymore. I couldn't just keep it as this like little silent prayer that one day God would move in our city. Like it needed to to be visible in my life. And so the following October was our first Walk for Freedom. And I'm so thankful to Ben because he's been the biggest supporter always. And Walk for Freedom was his idea and Gabriel Reyes's idea. Gabe, wherever you're at, I want to honor you because, I mean, you're young now, but when we started, you were younger. But God's put something on you. And you just came with a simple request. You're like, you guys, we should do this. We had chats like behind the scenes of how cool would it be to be able to do something like this. And so way back when we did our first Walk for Freedom, we planned it in three weeks. We had no clue if somebody would show up, but 70 people came out. And we've continued to see, that was five years ago, we've continued to see God move in that once a year campaign, like, Every year, you guys, if you've been around, if you've been to more than one walk, you've seen God move and grow and increase and the awareness has been raising. But more so what's been exciting to us is just seeing our team catch wind and like be so fired up about wanting to see change in the city. And it's been cool. And yesterday was phenomenal. But there is more that needs to be done than a walk. There's today. (laughs) Yesterday was great. There's today and there's going to be tomorrow. What are we going to do now that Walk for Freedom is done? Besides just the human trafficking issues, I don't want to just single this cause because there's so many things that God is fired up about. And so it's important to know that he wants to move and breathe in everything because he cares about it all. And so that's what we're going to focus in on today is just the stuff that I've learned, there's ways to apply it. And that's what I want to encourage us in. I've been through stuff in my life that resulted in a lot of fear, a lot of fear, 
Um, if you've known my story from before, I was in a traumatic car accident, which just kind of completely redirected where I was going to be going from what I thought I had planned. I'm a planner and I'd planned my life long ago. But through this um, crazy uh, accident, my life completely changed for the better because that's what God does. He takes all the crap and makes it better. <laughs> all the hurts and past and pain from past church life. We went through a miscarriage and all of those things that I've walked through brought a lot of fear and doubt and what's helped me overcome. And I just, I want to take a moment and thank God because I can truly say that I've overcome. It's been the understanding of and living out these principles or these priorities. That's how it's been delivered to me is prioritization for the things that matter to God. And so the first priority, and this is where we're going to get into some of the challenges and really want to encourage you. So just lean in. (laughs) Priority number one, allow God's heart of justice. If you don't know what justice kind of exerts of God's kingdom, justice is two-thirds of God's kingdom. Allow his heart of justice to be revealed to you. His heart beats for you and for the world around you. His heart beats for us and for the world around us. And how do we do this? It's by spending time in his presence. There's no shortcut. Sorry. (laughs) There isn't. And we can't conjure up like all of the strategy and all of the things that the world does because it's not working. There's still pain and hardship. And what's going to change it is God's presence being unleashed into our city. And so how do we catch wind of that? Because Matthew 28, I believe, says that God has given us that right to go and make disciples. He's charged us. He's commissioned us. We had commissioned Sunday a while back. We've been the ones that have been commissioned to now carry his kingdom forward. And so how do we do that? We spend time in his presence. We ask him. Sometimes it's that simple. God, what do you want? How can I participate? How can I serve? And then listen. That word listen, hearing, it's going to come up a few times this morning. Micah 6.8 says this in ESV. It says, He has told you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. Here's the second priority. So once we've understood the heart of God, once we've catched wind We've listened. We've taken the time to sit in his presence. And sometimes it takes time. Like that's what I've, that's been one of my things. I'm not very patient, (laughs) Um, especially when it comes to allowing God to work in me. Like sometimes we can be patient in so many things, but when it comes time to like God unloading something and like letting it be outworked or like living that out, it takes time because he cares about it so much. Like this is serious stuff. It changes the world in which we live. 
And so it takes time. And so we need to ask and then we need to listen. And once we've done that, here's the second priority. We have to decide what we're going to do and what we're going to see with what we've heard. So once he speaks to us, because Holy Spirit, that's what he does. He's our helper. He is God's spirit living on the inside, constantly speaking to us, constantly sharing his heart for us, for our families, for our loved ones, and also for the city. And when he speaks and when we listen, we have an opportunity then to see what he's seeing because he only speaks what God has already set in motion. And so if that's the case and he's speaking, what are we seeing after we hear? If you were here last week, Sam spoke and shared a story about the 12 spies in Canaan. Do you remember that one? It was, it's from Numbers 13 and 14, if you need reference. But before we get into that, I want to say that the way we view our world is what our actions result from. So when we hear God's word and it changes our vision, that's when the results actually come. Because nothing's going to change or move us if we ourselves don't see what God sees for our city. And so we need to choose God's perspective, even when it's uncomfortable. Here's the um, amazing core value we have, which is kingdom over convenience. Even when it's not easy, we just, we have to choose. And that's the thing. God gives us a choice, which is why sometimes it takes way too long to see change, to see fruit. But I believe that this morning, Holy Spirit is so excited and anticipating how we're going to respond to this. Because there's an opportunity for us to catch something that is going to radically change our city. And I believe it. So the 12 spies in Canaan, Numbers 13 and 14, they came back with a report that was literal. It was the key stats. Yesterday, if you were at the Walk for Freedom, we talked about the key stats. So they, the spies went out into Canaan. They saw the land. They saw everything. They came back with the report about the statistics and everything that they saw. And the situation was impossible to break through. But Joshua and Caleb, they had something else to say about it. So they all saw the same facts. And Sam spoke about this so wonderfully last week. But Joshua and Caleb came up with a different conclusion based on what they saw. How could that have happened? It's because they listened to Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God. Jesus gave us Holy Spirit when he ascended, but the Spirit of God has been in motion all along through the prophets. And they caught God's heart and they saw something different. And so that gave them a different conclusion that they could come boldly and speak about. And they declared what needed to be declared in order for a generation to step into the promised land. Like that's how vital it was. And so we know the story, a whole generation, because of the 10 that didn't believe it could be done, they missed out on the opportunity. But this is so cool. Numbers 14, 24 says this, but my servant Caleb, this is a different story. He has a different spirit. He follows me passionately. I'll bring him into the land that he scouted and his children will inherit it. That gives me chills because I'm mom. And I want to live in a land and I want to pursue God with everything within me. And I know you desire this, but sometimes we get stuck. So hear me for a moment. 
we have the opportunity to step into the things that will affect and change the way our children, our grandchildren live. Our story needs to be different, like Caleb and Joshua's. Vancouver is worth it. Our children are worth it. And I've been thinking lately, we've got a baby girl who is fighting for her life. And we know that the outcome is going to be amazing. But when that happens, and when that fruit comes, what kind of a world will she grow up in? God is not doing the miracle just so baby India and all of the children in our world and all of our family members He's not doing the amazing things just so we can live a mediocre life, church. He has called us. He has appointed us. He has anointed us. And we have to be willing to, even though it's inconvenient, even though we doubt ourselves every two minutes, we have to push through because he believes in us. So who else do we need speaking into that? This is too heavy. (laughs) Okay, good. Okay, so finally... Once we've done that, once we've seen and we can declare and step into it, we have to take responsibility because it's cool to to see what God sees, but we actually have to step out. And that's where action comes into play. There's no better model for us than Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 14 to 16 in the Passion Translation says this, For it is Christ's love that fuels our passion and motivates us because we are absolutely convinced that he has given his life for all of us. This means all died with him so that those who live should no longer live self-absorbed lives, but lives that are poured out for him. The one who died for us and now lives again. Thank you, Jesus. So then from now on, we have a new perspective. See that? That refuses to evaluate people merely by their outward appearances. There's a lot, of, a lot of outward appearances in our city. There's a lot of history that's happened. There's a lot of stronghold, but we need to have a different perspective. And it's within us. Jesus took the ultimate responsibility for our lives to be saved. And now he's calling us to partner with him for the lives in our land. I'm gonna ask the band to come on up. We started with Isaiah 61. And our Jesus brings that up again in Luke chapter 4. Verse 16 to 20 says, He went to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written. The spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. I love his posture. He is so relaxed even when he is speaking about the thing that matters most. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. That word again, hearing. How is the scripture fulfilled? How is all of this like giant stuff that God wants to do through his spirit on us 
How has that come to pass? It's through hearing the Spirit of God. Holy Spirit is constantly speaking to us. And it's important that we're able to hear what he's saying. The most simplest of prayers is, God, give me the ears to hear what you're saying through this. And he will speak. Sometimes we're afraid because we get confused or we try to like, I don't know, conjure up what his voice might sound like. It's very quiet, very gentle, but it grips you and you know it's him. You can't question it. And it's important that we hear. It's when we listen and hear the Holy Spirit, then faithfully obey, faithfully step into what he's called us into, that we get to see the city shift, that we get to see strongholds break. So here's what we do. Here's what we do, family. We start by showing up. We need to be okay with being inconvenienced. We need to be present in our city. It's why the church exists. It's not just about coming here, being filled up, which he wants to do all the time. He is so faithful with Jesus so that we can become the movement of Jesus. We need to love our city. In a few weeks, I think, we're going to be really focusing on what it means to love our city. You're going to hear about, I love my city. You've heard about it before, but we're going to bring it back powerful than ever before. And so I love my city, and so I walk. I love my city, and so I serve. This has to be our language. This has to be our posture. I love my city, so I care. I love my city, so I pray. Like intentional prayers for the things that are happening around us. We can't just complain about them anymore. We have to put that into action. And not just a once a week prayer. Like we need to be fasting and praying. We need to really take intention I love my city, so I show up. Thanks for listening to the Church Untitled podcast. Be sure to subscribe to stay up to date on our latest messages. For more about what's happening in our community, follow us on social media or visit us at churchuntitled.com.